From coast to coast across America, it's the U.S. Property Podcast with the latest real estate news, interviews, and market trends. And welcome back to another episode of the U.S. Property Podcast as we bring you the very latest in real estate news and information from around the country, coast to coast, and available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, also Apple and Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts from these days. And is it just me, or are we powering through February for 2024? Tell you what, March is going to be here soon enough, and already still lots of talk about the property market, particularly concerns about the housing market crashing in 2024. Are you one of these people at the moment who is a bit of a doomsdayer when it comes to the real estate market? Well, if you are, the experts have predicted prices will continue to rise in 2024. The National Association of Realtors forecast a 2.6% increase by August, while Freddie Mac expects a 0.8% bump, inventory of course, buyer demand and interest rates at the moment are key influences and low inventory remains a driving force behind high prices. And then of course you've got the new builds not keeping up with the pace of demand. So I think you can sort of relax a little bit on any market crashing for 2024. All right, this morning we are catching up with Sarah Leonard from Illinois. She is a high-performing real estate principal. She's got a team there. And a very good morning to you, Sarah. Welcome to the US Property Podcast. Great to have you on. Thank you for having me. So you have got a team there, and I think you were saying you've been involved in real estate for 19 years. You got in fairly early. It's the only thing that you know. It is, yes. I started with my first position in real estate when I was 15, so I feel very fortunate that I've had the opportunity to work in so many roles within the industry prior to getting licensed. You know, that's the thing, isn't it, about real estate is before you get licensed, there are so many different aspects to real estate that you can start to get a feel for working in different areas. And it sounds to me like you were pretty much a sponge right at the beginning, being that young person, taking all that information in, and that sort of equipped you and set you up, did it, for your real estate career? Absolutely. It did. I learned from some of the top professionals, you know, back then. And I feel so fortunate to watch and learn from their successes and their failures. You know, so what worked for the company they were at or for their teams, I could see people being, you know, hired or people choosing to leave and then why that was happening. So while I didn't realize at the time what I was building for myself, it really worked to my advantage to see at such a young age what made people's wheels spin. I feel very, very grateful to have had those past experiences at such a young age. 
Yes, it's all about those experiences. Now, we'll talk real estate in just a moment, but I do, Sarah, like to find out a little bit about uh, what the principles are into that I speak to. So you're there in Illinois. You like to do a little bit of uh, hiking. What's the hiking like in Illinois? The hiking in Illinois is very subpar, which is why I enjoy to travel <laughs> and hike in other areas. Anything really outdoorsy for me, if there's sun shining, I am there. I love to be active. I've got a lot of energy. So whether it's biking, hiking, running, uh, I really just love all of it. And what about some of these charities that you are supporting? One of your charities is for single mothers. Tell us a little bit about that. It's a great, great charity that we're involved in, and they do a huge gala every year. They offer budgeting and classes for single working moms to help them get their finances in order. They provide subsidized housing for these families for two years until these women graduate from that program, in which case they're typically able to have saved enough money to purchase their own home for themselves and their children. And we can help with, uh, you know, the monetary amount and supporting them. But then just going and hearing the stories, it's just gives great perspective and it's a great cause to be a part of. Yeah, that's a good uh, cause for sure. And tell us a little bit about the Coat Drive. What are you doing here? The Coat Drive is an opportunity for us to give back to the local community. So we ask our past clients and all of our surrounding towns to participate. Clean out your coat closets, bring us any coats, gloves, hats, anything to keep the children warm this winter season. And those get donated to local schools for children, to women's shelters and homeless shelters nearby. It's a really great cause because with the temperatures here in Illinois, it's a very needed, it's a very needed space that needs to get covered. And if you're wanting to know how to do that, we will have a link below to Sarah's email. So all you need to do is just get in touch and you will be able to donate a coat. All right, well, let's uh, turn our attention a little bit to the Illinois property market. And perhaps let's start with what makes Illinois different to other markets? What are a couple of things that are a standout for anybody listening outside of Illinois to appreciate Illinois being a little bit different? Our market, I would say, isn't as dramatic as some of the East Coast or further South uh, Southern states. We are a pretty healthy in-between for having one of the largest cities in the country. Chicago has definitely been a very transient place over the past couple of years. I am in the Chicago suburban market. So once COVID hit, we really saw that impact on our larger city markets. And so I would say that we offer so many different avenues of opportunity in real estate because our suburban markets offer lots of land, 
room to spread out and space that a lot of other cities or even states don't have to offer. So it's very, very diverse in terms of what you can get for your money and being close to a really large city throughout the state and really throughout the country. Now, you talked about the the whole transient nature of the market. What's been happening, especially in your market? In other words, are you having people interstate moving there? We have seen the opposite. Um, We have had over the last three to four years, probably one of the largest exodus that we've seen in a very, very long time, which for us meant we had a healthy amount of listings that were coming on the market. And it was largely because people were able to work remote due to COVID. So they would choose to not be a part of our lovely winter season. And so we had a lot of people that moved further south. I would say now we've started in the past six to nine months to see some of those families move back to our area. I think there's always the wonder of the what if we didn't have to deal with the winter season. And it's been nice to see a lot of our clients circle back to our area and saying they they tried that, they explored the warm weather all year, and they really did miss the change in seasons. You know, it's something that we've been talking about for a long time, probably over the last 12 months, just in terms of larger cities. And with that working from home factor, people wanted to get out of uh, the CBDs and go into smaller areas, but they have started to come back. Surprise, surprise. They're missing the city life. I think they're missing the city life. I also think people just miss human connection. I mean, these offices are vacated. No one's coming into work. And we're slowly but surely seeing some of these larger corporations required two days, maybe three days in the office. And I actually think it's a very welcomed return where 12 or 24 months ago, I think that employees were still soaking up the idea of working from home. But that hit a point of saturation where I think now people have really welcomed in the idea of being face to face with other workers again. And that's why I think we've seen more people start to filter back into the city where four years ago it was quite the opposite. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there, Sarah. Nice to catch up with you for the very first time. We will be talking to you on a semi-regular basis. And thanks for coming on to the US Property Podcast Breakfast this morning. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. From powerful and up-to-date news to professional real estate experts with the latest property trends, you're listening to the U.S. Property Podcast. So there you go. That was Sarah there in Chicago. And quite interesting, isn't it, where people move away from colder climates. They go to where the sun is shining most of the year. And then they just don't like not having the change of season. I have to say, I'm not a lover of the cold. 
I do prefer California for that reason. And as I mentioned, we'll be hearing more from Sarah across the 2024 year, but we would also like to hear from you. So if you've got a question or suggestion, be sure to let us know. Our email address is uspropertypodcast at gmail.com. That is uspropertypodcast at gmail.com. Don't be a stranger. You might have just bought your first property, so that's always a pretty exciting time. Or you might have bought an investment property. Whatever the case is, get in touch, let us know so that we can share it with everybody else. Every week, we present so much real estate, powerful and up-to-date news to help you better navigate the property market. Know your property with the U.S. Property Podcast. I understand that there is plenty of activity and a little bit surprising on just how far up the price point that they are buying. Yeah. So I cut my teeth on first-time home buyers. you know, going back 20 years ago. This makes me feel really old, but the average price a first-time home buyer would spend is $105,000, $145,000, $175,000. Nowadays, the first-time buyers, I guess they're older um, in their 30s rather than in their 20s, but they're spending upwards 350, 450, sometimes five and 600. It's a lot of money for a first-time home buyer, but you can get $10,000 for free and that's forgiven over 10 years, or you can just get it in general, the Philly First one, that's the one that's more income limited. We talk real estate from coast to coast every week with expert insights and analysis on the U.S. Property Podcast.